The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. those guys with ships and this is episode 114 of our show wait now what what? are are we in a time machine is it is it the year 2018 how did we come up with 114 shows i'm so confused there's a big chunk of my life missing please explain this to me i shall now i I believe uh, my maths you know and you know over in the uk maths is or the, the, there's a plural for math. I so, did not know that. So one, this. one would be mathing? I guess I like you could have algebra and you could have geometry and you could have calculus and those would be maths. Plural. Maths. The I collection. Like a collection of math. Maths. Anyway, my maths were off last time on the Those Guys with Ships show. Um, that I think I said that this is going to be episode number 116. And uh, so my Casio CA53W calculator watch has... Failed me for the last time. This is the Versecast, the best damn Star Citizen podcast. And in this show, we discuss development news to do with the best damn space sim, Star Citizen. Hey, <laughs> true story. So, new numbering convention. Well, Jimmy, let me tell you a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. It started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. <laughs> Just. I think that might be our first Gilligan's Island reference. I think it might be, little buddy. I think it might be. <laughs> Thank you for following me there. Um, so September 8th, 2944, or 2014 for you Terran types, we released episode one of our show. And it was a first show, enough said. Uh, but uh, subsequently, we released some more shows because that's what you do. Then, beginning with our 28th episode, we split our content into the verse cast and the Those Guys with Ships shows. And for some reason at that time, we decided to keep the numbering convention the same as it had been, such that we had a verse cast number 27 and a TGWS number 27. Do not ask me why the 28th episode was numbered number 27. Please don't ask me. I don't know why any of these things happened. The reasons have been lost to the shadows of space and time. Time, time, time. Maybe because we were releasing two shows a week back then. I don't know. But anyway, sometimes it's better not to question. Sometimes dead is better. So anyway, now here's the dealio yo. We have one show feed. If you are listening to this, you already have that. So but we have alternating content. The verse cast and the those guys with ships shows. So beginning now, we are going to be numbering shows by release to the feed. 
no longer will the numbering be done relative to the different show titles. So this show is episode number 114. The next Those Guys with Ships show will be episode number 115. So hopefully this makes sense to uh, those of you all playing at home. And, um, you know, Jimmy, does it make any sense to you? Yeah, this is this is like trying to read the CIG monthly report. Where are the pictures? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there are no pictures here. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. What's this all about now? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the coolest thing about this whole thing is that, uh, you know, I realized just because I went and took a look um, that we have done 113 shows. That's insanity. Isn't it? Isn't that crazy? It's impressive. It is impressive. Um, so, anyway, that's we just wanted to, uh, to kind of uh, streamline things a little bit. So, one feed, alternating content, first cast, those guys with ships. The numbers will get bigger one at a time. So mm. it does. It does make sense. I, I will absolutely agree with you on that. And it is Jonto approved. Mm. This is good stuff. Today is June sixth, twenty nine forty six, and we would be remiss, Jimmy, um, if we did not make mention of the passing of the greatest, the charismatic, the controversial, the cultural icon, Mister Muhammad Ali incredible cultural icon um i don't even know what to say yeah i mean this i mean he's he certainly i mean he was not young he was 74 and he had been right. afflicted with uh, or afflicted with uh, parkinson's for i think since the 80s um so um he'd had uh, some some health concerns but uh, uh back in the day as they say when I, when even i was a young uh, a young muppet uh, he was uh, quite the controversial individual um and uh, a real personality, you know, back before that was, you know, sort of the uh, the regular things. He was authentically, you know, a, a controversial individual and uh, consequently quite entertaining. Well, just I, I just changing his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali was huge, um, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not something that people did back then. Uh, celebrities just they just didn't do that. You had name recognition. And that was something you cashed in on. Uh, he was a, a very strong good influence in America in a time when it needed positive, strong black leaders. And and hands down, he, he took that mantle and he, he ran with it unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Well, whether you loved him or hated him, uh, you know, you certainly knew who he was. And so I just thought it would be appropriate to mention his passing. I was, you know, I wasn't, it was one of those, when I heard it the other day, it wasn't like, you know, oh, that's, that's like, oh. Yeah, wow. It wasn't a surprise. He, he has no. been in declining health for quite a number of years. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, just it's, it's, it made me, you know, remember a lot of stuff from my youth, you know, so. So, and uh, speaking of the, God, we're turning into a couple of old men. It's like, well, let's talk about all the people that have died. Hey, you remember it? <laughs> well, um, from, from the factual to the fictional. The fantastical. Um, so, um, spoiler alert, spoiler Game alert. Game of Thrones, spoiler alert from spoiler two alert. episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. well, actually. Hold the door. If you don't know what hold the door is, turn off this show now. Well, we're actually going to talk about a little bit more than that, but um, give us, um, let's see, what are we at, 7.36? Give us us seven and a half minutes. Seven and a half minutes, all right. Go to the 15-minute mark. You keeping an eye on the clock? I am. Okay, perfect. All right, and three, two, one, spoilers. Spoilers. So, um, you know, hold the door. Uh, Hold the door. Hold the door. So there you have it. Do you have 
the sadness. Oh man, I got I got choked up. My wife immediately started crying, and she doesn't do that. That's not really mm-hmm. her thing. Uh, the only time I've ever seen my wife really cry over a TV show was the end of Battlestar Galactica. Uh, have you seen that show? I have, but it's been so long. When um, when Adama was holding um, uh, Madam President, I forget her name, in his arms as she was dying, when they got to Earth. You know what? It's been so long, I don't remember. Yeah, well, anyway, that, that really broke her up. But this, you know, as he's going, yeah, as they're going, hold the door, and he's going, hold the door, hold the door, hold her. And she's like, oh, no, 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 oh, my God, no, no, no. And she just started crying, and I, was, I got very choked up, too. I was like, oh, man, because... He's such a. It, it's. I, I think the thing is, in in a world that is so um, crappy, mm-hmm. he was such a pure, genuinely sweet character. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everybody's made bad choices or done bad things um, from the best of characters all the way down. And Hodor was one of the only characters that was, you know, really pure and really innocent and really. Um, just wanted to be, you know, there uh, in any capacity he could be, and so yes, that was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. Well, I tell you, if you have about seventeen hours to fill, um, you have um, just go to YouTube and type in "hold the door" fan reaction. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It's actually really kind of cool to watch people reacting to it. I, I don't get how it is that people film themselves watching the show but and so some of the stuff could be staged but it was um i i saw a link in my uh in my youtube uh uh feed uh for uh for one of those and you know a couple of hours later we're like i gotta go to bed (laughs) it's um folks people get upset in many different and entertaining ways oh yeah yeah so um uh we'll fast forward to uh last night's episode Mm. which you've seen right i have Okay, okay. So, The Hound, really? Yep. yep, he's back. Really? He's back. Really? You couldn't find anybody else to fight the zombie mountain? Really? No, it had to be his brother. So, we got Jon Snow, we got The Hound, and I guarantee you we're getting Lady Stoneheart, if not next week, before the end of this season. Um, so, as I said at the top of the show, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, we, we kind of all knew from the books that Jon Snow was coming back, didn't we? Wasn't that kind of the thing? No, uh, no, I've never it, read the book, so I don't know. He le- he le- they left it off at exactly the same place it ended oh, um, okay. uh, last season. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got it. All right. No, I mean, we, we all speculated. Um, no, no, I mean in the books. The, um, right, yeah, no, right, not, no. Okay. I mean, those of us that read the books. Yeah, I, all, I have. All had our speculations. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I was, you know, I, you know, the one thing that I thought was interesting, the way that they opened the show... Uh, with um, uh, with that, that little scene of him, and I'm like, wait a second, where are the opening credits? Yeah, did, I, did, we, did we miss something? <laughs> I said the same thing. I'm like, why did we jump right into the show? And uh, yeah, and then they zoom up to the hound, and it's just like, oh look, he's alive. I thought for sure he was dead. I, I had no idea that they were actually going to bring him back. Yeah, yeah, and it's and I, it, I guess we'll have to see what it is because I thought you know because the guy that that saved him apparently was was a. Um, uh, 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 a priest or, or what have you from the uh, the church of the old gods and uh, you know they're building that temple there and I thought oh okay so he's he's got some in with the uh, the high sparrow and so the high sparrow who keeps being smarter than uh, Margie and Cersei Marjorie and Cersei who keeps being smarter than him who keeps being smarter than them mm-hmm. uh, you know 
he sees he knows that she's going to demand trial. Cersei's going to demand trial by combat. She's going to bring the mountain, so he's got to bring somebody that can beat the mountain. The only person you know in that world that we know of um, uh, uh, would be someone like the Hound, and so. Anyway, I you know we'll see see where his story arc goes, but um, I was at first I was kind of like oh wow, and I'm like really. Did I think you? I think Marjorie's power play is going to uh, put her at the very pinnacle of power. I think that uh, because we all know that you know um, Cersei and uh, Jamie need to lose their last child. I have a feeling they're going to lose their last child at the hand of Marjorie, and I have a, a feeling that Marjorie is going to be the. Um, the the next person to sit in the Iron Throne, having um, the faith uh, behind her. Uh, no, I think she, I, well, we'll see. We will. But see. there's one. We're running out of time here, but I got one more thing I want to hit. Uh-huh. And uh, actually, a friend of mine sent me this link this afternoon um, to do with Arya. You know how you know she she gets attacked by the Waif. Um, you know, she gets gut stabbed repeatedly and yeah, twisted. No. She gets shanked. She got shanked. She got shanked. Severe shanked. And you know that she that she survived long enough to hit the water is like kind of like really, and that she was able to pull herself out of there really. That she was able to walk down the street really. Well, it's a belly really, wound. really. Yeah, it's it's possible she's she's gonna bleed out if somebody doesn't help her. But it's she's it's, gonna die of infection. Well, I mean, you know, too. that's that's a gut wound like that is just that's nasty stuff. But what I liked was this theory, and I'm going to link this in the show notes because I can't take credit for this. Um, <clears throat> what if Game of Thrones is pulling a fight club and Arya actually is the waif? Oh, interesting. Well, no, because she pulled the, the old lady face off. You can't have a well, face on a face on a face. You've seen, you've seen, you've seen Fight Club. You know, you had, you had Tyler Durden. Oh, all over the yeah. Place. If, 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 yeah. No, I, I think I think she's going to stumble into the care of the uh, actress that she saved. Now, you think about it for a second. The Waif is only ever seen by Arya and Jaken. Mm, okay. Okay. Every, everyone else seems to ignore her even when she's beating the crap out of Arya. She always knows where Arya is and is always lurking in the shadows seeing everything that Arya does. What if the waif is a disassociated portion of Arya's personality caused by the water she's been drinking in the House of Black and White? The waif is the real no one, and her mission is to kill Arya Stark in order to transform her into a faceless man. When the Mm. waif asked Jaqen to kill Arya, he seemed pleased. In effect, Arya was finally asking him to kill those last parts of herself and truly become no one. I like that. That's inter- That's a very interesting theory. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Spoilers over. Spoilers and over. We're Spoilers over. Back. Spoilers over. All right. Fifteen so, minutes in, we ready to start talking about CIG and Star Citizen? I think we should because we have subscriber flare. We have a ceviche space cactus. So we have a space cactus made out of raw shrimp. <laughs> Not really. Not really. No. Not really. Okay. Last month's subscriber flair is the kava. Ca- is spelled like ceviche, except it's kava I don't know. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be the ceviche. You know, kind of like the the uh, avocado became the avocados. Sure. It's, it's gonna be the ceviche space okay. cactus. The space plant collection features exotic plants found throughout the galaxy. This cactus is the third item in the space plant series, capable of growing anywhere up to five meters in height. 
That's tall. That is tall. The, the ceviche is a columnar, columnar, column. It's like a column. Sure. Cactus hybrid that developed on Yar shortly after the introduction of flora into the newly terraformed ecosystem. I like that. You know, it's, it's a good story. A good yeah. backstory for a plant. Mm-hmm. Adapting the hue of the red sand, the ceviche quickly became one of the predominant plants on the planet. So uh, have you uh, placed yours in your hangar yet there, uh, Jimmy? No, because I remapped everything for 2.4. Now I can't go back and play 2.3. Well, no, it would be in 2.4. I, I don't have it in my hangar, uh, in my hangar list for 2.4. Hmm. Well, I haven't either, so maybe uh, maybe it's not. Yeah, maybe it won't be out until it goes live. Yeah, it's, well, I that's the thing. is, I'm, I'm assuming, because I, like I said, I didn't see it in my drop-down menu when I was decorating my hangar in, uh, in PTU. I'm assuming that it's in, or maybe I just missed it. I don't know. Um, but I'm assuming that it's in, uh, it's for sure it's got to be in 3.2.3. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I remapped everything. And now it's like I realized the other day, I'm like, I can't go back and play 2.3. I have to wait for it to patch. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk yes. about the changes in 2.4 Absolutely. Later. But no, I haven't seen it yet, but I am excited about it. Um, I actually like the space pe- uh, plant collection. I think it's really cool. Um, well, I, I like the way that we're able to arrange stuff now. Yeah, that too. Um, I like the fact that I don't have to place it on that... Um, uh, the uh, multi-tiered uh, plant platform, which is a cool platform, but I like the idea of being able to put them wherever I want, and hopefully, eventually, be able to put them into uh, into a ship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. on your dashboard, yeah, because that's where cactus live. On they, the they they like to absorb the rays of the various suns that you fly past. They do. All right. Well, enough of plants and flair and such. We had a concept sale, and I guess it is over. Well, maybe it's ending today. So, uh, But anyway, the Drake Buccaneer sets sail. It was a concept sale. And uh, this here from the official CIG materials. The problem. You're conducting the mineral survey that's going to make or break your org. Holding in your caterpillar just off an asteroid belt. Now, note that they say holding in your caterpillar. Huh? Saying that in the Buccaneer, you can be in, in yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody's counting on this. Your crew, your org mates, your family's back home, but you aren't worried. A few more deep scans and you're going to strike it rich. Suddenly the screens go red. Bogies all around. Looks like Vanduul want a piece of the action. You! The solution, the Buccaneer, the latest and greatest utility fighter from Drake Interplanetary. The Buccaneer has been designed from the ground up to fly and fight the way you live. No leather interiors or hyper pillows here. I'm not sure what a hyper pillow is, but I want one. Uh, the, <laughs> the Buck is a scrapper designed to maneuver and fight above its weight class. This rough and tumble frontier fighter can be maintained in the worst of conditions in order to keep real working space crews alive. Now, I think it's interesting that they're selling it here as a ship for honest law-abiding citizens. But uh, if you continue reading, the Drake Buccaneer is intended to offer a civilian alternative to ships like the Hornet and Gladius. It has been developed with an eye towards working alongside the Drake Cutlass, offering pirates and others a sturdy, maneuverable fighter. The Buccaneer will also feature as an NPC aggressor in Star Citizen's Persistent Universe and future single-player campaigns. So nice. I guess we're going to see this maybe in Squadron 42. Um, I hadn't really thought of it before, but you know, maybe in Squadron 42 we're going to have to battle the Vandal and Pirates. 
you know? It's who, who entirely know? possible, and it makes sense. Um, you know, I, I the thing is, like, you know, I understand the frustration, uh, clearly understand the frustration that some people might have over the fact that, like, you know, they announced the Buccaneer, and then all of a sudden it's concept sale, and it seems like it's being fast-tracked, um, very similar to the Sabre, um, mm-hmm. when there are ships that people have backed quite some time ago that they still haven't seen yet. Um, and, and again, completely understand you know that perspective. If your dream ship is something that you've been waiting on for the last year and a half, I get why you would be frustrated. Oh, sure. But that being said, I, I think I agree with you. I think that this will be a ship that we'll see in Squadron Forty Two. Um, it, how else? You know, how else can you really explain the fact that you know here it is? It's it's up. I mean, the thing is, it might be a while before we see it in hangar or flight ready. But yes, I do think that this that we will be fighting Vandal and pirates, and we will probably see this in some sort of pirate armada. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I, I think to your point about the uh, the order of ships in the pipeline. I mean, it's it's on need of use in the yeah. in, in the game. So, yeah. I mean, I, I I get it. I mean, if you if you you know bought a um, merchantman way way back when, um, yeah, it's like you know, yeah, you want to see it. It's like I have my my starliner. I know I'm not going to see that until until probably the PU launches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, it. I can absolutely understand why that would be frustrating. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I have the benefit of I would like a merchantman, but it's not really um, it's not really a must have. It's really more of an end game if if it fits into my play style. Um, you know, I, I have the benefit of there aren't really any ships I'm pining for that aren't out yet. There are ships I'd like to see, but I'm not pining for them. And so, I mean, I get it, you know. But in the same respect, the flip side of that is that it is transparent uh, development. This is open development. Uh, mm-hmm. We wouldn't even know, you know, any of these ships were available for flight or hangar ready, or, you know, or still in concept um, if this was a um, uh, if this was a, a title that was put on by a, you know, a. Um, help me out here. That's what I'm looking for. By a de- by a developer, Thank yeah. You. I mean, well, not yeah, a developer the- by a. Um, uh, I'm wiggling my fingers around trying to find the words as if that's going to help. Publisher. It's right over there. Publisher. It's right over there. I did. Right yeah, thank there. you. Thank you. Right I, I, I saw it right over there. I just grabbed it. Publisher. Um, well, yeah, because we I mean, even it's crowdfunded. Know. Yeah, we wouldn't even know you know what ships were available yeah. for testing. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like I said, on the one hand, I get it. On the other hand, I get it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Every, every everybody has their own um, uh, priorities, and um, you know, Chris's get priority. <laughs> Chris's <laughs> well, priorities get priority. I think squad. I think the bottom line is that Squadron Forty Two gets priority over everything at this point. Yes, absolutely. Um, now on uh, ATV two point three two, Ben says that. Uh, Essentially, what the what the Buccaneer is is take two on the Cutlass Black, more maneuverability, less cargo, but all the piratey goodness. And I, now, piratey goodness, Jimmy. Did you know that Google Docs spell check thinks that's one word? <laughs> well, sure, why not? I like that. Um, and for 110, it could have been, could still be, Jimmy, uh, for you and I, um, yours, uh, or is it? Is it, Jimmy? Did did you pull that trigger? So. I had read through the Q&A, and um, I, I, I like the ship. I, I love the fact that it's got a full-size gun rack um, right behind it. But um, I, I just... Uh, the Sabre is, uh, is, is better armored. Um, I'm assuming equally as agile, if not more agile, and more stealthy. So as far as a dedicated fighter, uh, I'm going to be sticking with the Sabre. Yeah, okay. There there you go. Now, I knew that you, you had some of that... Uh 
that smuggler's blood thought maybe this might be um, an interesting ship for you, but um, we'll get back to that in just a second. Smuggler is not a pirate. Let's be clear about that. I am not a pirate, nor do I have any desire to be a pirate. I am a smuggler. Mm. The Drake Buccaneer Q&A. We got one. We got two of them, actually. It's true. We did get two of them. Yeah. So somebody asked, does zero actually mean zero in regards to cargo? Or can we still smuggle, smuggle, there's that word again, some small amount of cargo, trinkets, teeny tiny treasures? And what they said is no, zero is zero. There is no latent cargo capacity to the Buccaneer. We are actively planning on how we want the smuggling mechanic to work, but those wouldn't be ship-specific aspects, and any form of storage they would offer will come at a direct trade-off. Now, I think you, um, um, of all people, would agree with me that um, there should be, uh, we should be able to smuggle some small amount of, of, say, a little chocolatey something something in the cockpit. Um, there should be a glove box in the damn thing, for crying out loud. I mean, you know, like, think, think of Poe and the map to Luke. I mean, where are you going to put that? You've got to have a place to put that. Well, I'm going to stop you right there and just say that um, so rarely do I see the words smuggling mechanic with CIG. I know that it's in discussion, but very rarely do I see it in text. And so I would like to do a brief impersonation of Jimmy reading that line in real time. Aren't we okay. planning to smuggle mechanics? Yeah, that was me. Uh, clean up on aisle Jimmy. Clean up on aisle Jimmy. <laughs> I need a tissue. Um, no, I was very, very excited uh, that they are um, that they are they are actively planning out how they want to do the smuggling mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I was very excited about that. Um, but to your question, uh, you know, I think they, they've mentioned that you'll be able to carry items on your person. That okay. uh, that uh, ideally, when when the game goes live or at, at some point down the road with development, um, you're going to uh, armor is going to be able to carry a certain allotment of um, ammo and um, and gadgetry, and you're going to need to make decisions between how much. You know, ammo you want to carry and how much gadgetry you want to carry. For example, if you're a medic, you're probably going to want to carry more med packs than than ammo. Right. Uh, the same applies for clothing. They've said that that they want the clothing to have slots. So if you've got, like, for example, the uh, UEE uh, all weather uh, trench coat, I forget the specific term for it, um, but some of the backers, myself included, have that jacket. Uh, there should be slots in that that allow emo you cloak. To, totally. There should be slots in that that allow for you to carry items. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with the cargo pants. Uh, so, to that point, if you're carrying a small trinket or bobble, if you will, um, mm-hmm. you can put it in a pocket. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just I seems like um, yeah, there, there I want would, a glove box. There would be a small amount of cargo on your person. I think is kind of where they're thinking in terms of uh, when you're out in a. Uh, a single-person uh, fighter that has zero cargo space. That there will be, you'll be able to keep stuff on your person. Okay. Well, later on in part one, we got another questions on a similar topic. Mm. There appears to be a space behind the pilot's seat that looks like room for an additional seat or potential space for small cargo. Will there be any function to this space? And the answer is, there will be a few components that pilots would be able to access from this space, with the most notable being a full-size weapon rack. 
It won't be any sort of discrete cargo space, but you will have enough space on the rack for at least three standard FPS weapons up to the size of a sniper rifle. As for the possibility of an additional seat, the Buccaneer is intended to be a single-seat fighter. We do not anticipate a change to this in the future or for any potential variants. Now, I still, I mean, I still, I want a glove box. I want a glove box <laughs> that you can, you know, you can put maybe a pistol, a pistol in the glove box. I mean, I, I get with the weapons rack, you can probably put that on there. And, and you know, I, it made me immediately think of all the grabby hand stuff we saw probably, what, about six months ago? Sure. You know, where you can open a box and put things in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it seems like they should be able to do that. Or maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about yet again. Um, and maybe it's something that they're planning on doing, you know, down the road. I mean, I know in the past, a lot of these Q&As, uh, they, they tend to provoke more questions than they uh, actually answer or actually settle. Um, but anyway, that's just, you know, the, what comes to my mind. Uh, you know, and to be fair, you know, like, what difference does it make what I think? I didn't buy one of the damn things. So, you know, there's that, too. There is that, too. I, I, but I will say that I love the fact that they've allotted for enough space behind the pilot seat to add a full-size gun rack. I mean, that screams uh, pirate. It also screams militia, but it screams pirate. And that's, that's very cool. So you're able to um, advance on a ship when you know with your with your crew and able to make just make choices that will benefit the raiding party um based on the weapons that you have behind you you know um which i'm also curious to see how they're going to handle that uh, for example with 2.4 for those of you that don't have access to it uh you're actually able to now equip three weapons which is mm-hmm. so awesome sometimes <laughs> Yeah, sometimes uh, you tend. Sometimes you have to go back and re-equip uh, weapon slot number two. But you know, you've got your yeah, you've got your primary weapon and you've got two secondary weapons. Um, I was running around uh, up until the most recent patch. I was running around with the sidearm, the um, the light ballistic uh, assault weapon, and then the shotgun. And uh, I hadn't had a chance to try the uh, sniper rifle yet, but oh boy, howdy, did I look cool! But the question, <laughs> the question is, yeah, I got, I had the pirate armor too, the light pirate armer. Oh, I looked so, go. so cool. So the pirate, you see, I told you. Well, that's the only cool, like, like it's got like boots and it's got camo pants and it's, I, it's totally fashion related. I tell you, not, not pirate related. I like looking like a badass. What can I say? Yeah, you don't show up to a basketball game wearing soccer cleats. I'm exactly. sorry. Exactly. In any case, um, I'm curious. The the slot one and slot two weapons, uh, the slot one is uh, obviously a sidearm. Uh, slot two sits on the front of your chest. So I, I get how you could kind of get in, in and out of a cockpit with both of those weapons armed and equipped. But I want to know, is there going to be, and I think they may have mentioned this in the past, but how they're going to do this go, maybe goes back to your glove box uh, request. Uh, where are you going to put that third slot weapon? Because you can't have it sitting on your back when you get into a cockpit if we're trying to uh, keep our immersion from puckering. Yeah, no, I agree. I, maybe there will, maybe you'll get some sort of a, a message saying, you know, hey, you want to stow that thing? <laughs> yeah. Hey, big boy, you want to stow that thing? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, is there going to be a, a slot behind the seat? Is there going to be a slot on the side? Is, is it going to be a dedicated weapon-only slot? Probably. Um, but, yeah, that was something that I was thinking about while testing uh, 2.4 was, you know, because right now it's just, you know, it's magic mystery. You're, you've got the weapon equipped on your back. You get in and out of the ship. Um, right. But, you know, there's going to need to be some and understanding their, their desire uh, to make the game as uh, immersive as possible. 
you know, when you're in the bigger ships, you're going to have to obviously unequip that weapon and, and put it into the weapon rack. Uh, but on the smaller ships, you're going to, yeah, you're going to have to have some sort of like, you know, do you want to stow this weapon animation or something before you get in or while you get into the ship? Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's the problem with this level of fidelity is, you know, you uh, you set yourself up for stuff that's got to be done. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. All right, and in part two of the Q&A, which uh, came out on Friday, uh, someone asked, with its speed, durability, agility, range, very respectable weapons loadout, and comparatively low price, what are the Buccaneers' trade-offs and or weaknesses? And the answer is, the bulk of the Buccaneers' weapons are on its more exposed wings. If you're fighting a Buccaneer and can knock these out, you'll be able to seriously impact its potency, and ideally push the pilot more towards running away from the fight as they'd they'd be limited to just the weapons on the S4 mount. Beyond the weapon mounts, the more pronounced cockpit section definitely is going to create a more exposed cross-section to incoming fire. So, uh, I remember like Ace said one of the major drawbacks of the Super Hornet is it's got that big glass canopy, right? Um, which um, you know, cockpit shot, boom, you're you're out of the game. So, you know, it's it's got a little bit of that glass cannon work in there, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely, and I love the fact that they're thinking in terms of, um, and I hope to see this more, where like you know, you're out in the verse and you run into a buccaneer, you know that you need to go for the wings. You know, yeah. um, when you go after a hornet, you know that you need to get. Um, you need to get above it, and you really need to, to focus in on that cockpit. Um, I love this trend, and I hope that we keep seeing it. So that the the good, it's the difference between a good pilot and an exceptional pilot, where an exceptional pilot's going to know specifically, not not necessarily even where to put their ship and where to put their weapons, but on what target, on what ship. You know, like oh, I'm yeah. coming up against a buccaneer. I need to pay extra attention to taking out those wings. Um, right. I think that's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, someone said, what will the fuel capacity or travel distance be like with those big old engines? And they said, it will be flexible. If you've loaded out the Buccaneer specifically for the furthest possible range, you definitely should be able to match the distance of a Herald. Though a Herald will probably reach the destination first because of its inherent speed. On the other hand, if you've decided to run a more ballistic heavy loadout, you'll actively be giving up some of the maximum fuel capacity to bring along the extra ammunition for your weapons. Now, I really like this um, that the CIG is making, isn't making any single ships that do everything well. And I think this is another great example of that. This, it has its strong points. It has its weaknesses. Um, uh, if you have an idea for a role you think you can play well, you're going to have to give up some of the uh, fallback ability, if that's a thing, yeah. for when things don't go your way. So I, I, I really like uh, the way that they're uh, doing these designs. And in turn, you have to compensate for that as a pilot. Uh, you know, again, going back to the the point I made earlier, uh, you know, if you're flying a, um, a a Super Hornet, you need to make sure that your cockpit's not exposed. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it changes the way that you fly that ship too. So, it, not just uh, defensive, uh, or yeah, not just defensive flight uh, or combat uh, styles change, but also defensive flight combat changes as well. Um, depending on the ship, you know, and it gives for so much more depth and also balance, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you're right. You, you can't have, you know, all the ships do all the things well. There, there's no balance there, you know, then you're right. obviously going to go, if that's the case, you're going to go with the smallest, fastest, most agile ship. 
then everybody has the same ship and right. it's no fun anymore. Right. Yeah. All right. So, well, the Buccaneer, I'm not sure how well it did. It was interesting. I um, was talking to a couple guys in chat last night, and we they were, uh, I think it was Dietrich was commenting that the um, he had done a, a real quick uh, study on how the sale had gone. And dollar-wise, it hasn't been as much as ships in the past. But one of the things that Ben mentioned on one of the shows um, is that because it is take two on the pirate concept a la the uh, Cutlass Black, um, anyone that owns a Cutlass Black uh, should have received a free CCU, which would allow you to just trade in your Cutlass Black and get this ship instead. So uh, that's not going to show up as um, as funds raised. That's just going to be um, uh, the number of ships that they uh, transacted, I guess. So um, we'll have to wait to see how well it did, you know. Because, you know, it's possible, too, that, you know, uh, we've got enough enough fighting ships you know we have enough offensive ships i mean you know think of how well the prospector did and i I think that you know to to some extent that is due to that there are a lot of us uh, myself included who are less interested in playing uh the the more offensive pew pew roles and and want to do uh um sort of uh you know sort of the non-combat or only uh quasi-combat uh roles uh in the game so um, it's uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll be interested to, to hear how well that ship actually did. Yeah, well, and you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's 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 just it's another fighter. You know, right. and it's right. either it's either going to appeal to you aesthetically, um, you know, and make you want to swap whatever other fighter that you have, or it's not. Um, I, the thing is, at the end of the day, they're at, you know they're they're right around the corner to one hundred and fifteen million dollars. So I don't think they're too worried about it. Yeah. All right. Well, other news and interesting stuff gleaned from the official contents. Uh, ATV. We've had three of them since last time we recorded. We had a holiday in there, Jimmy. So it's, it's been a, it's been a little bit. Um, I have a new favorite segment on the ATV. Can you guess what it is? I'll give you a hint. Less words, more pictures, and the pictures they move and they make noises. Would this be uh, ATV fast forward? Oh, you read the show notes. <laughs> Occasionally, I do. Occasionally. But first, um, definitely, I'll put a link in the show notes to Bad News Baron's Starfarer 5v5, Suits and Skins. Very cool video. Very cool gameplay. Yep. Um, they, uh, they show, um, they, basically, it's, it's like, a, um, um, like a, just a 5v5 deathmatch thing um, inside of Starfarer. So, you know, really, really cool stuff. Um, really enjoyed seeing that. Um, Bugs and all. Exactly. <laughs> it was. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. It, it's it's funny to watch the video and then go. Oh yeah, no, I I, I can completely relate. Um, you know, not being able to see where the shots land, um, you know, can be a bit uh, frustrating. And there's a lot of animation issues and there's a lot of glitches. But at the end of the day, um, it was still thrilling to watch. So I would imagine it was thrilling to be involved with. Uh, you know, it, it it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It looked like it was a lot of fun, and it's something I would like for us to do. We just I don't we haven't really had a chance to yet, and. Uh, in PTU, and hopefully we'll be able to do something like this on a Sunday night meetup. Absolutely. Because we have um, some Starfarers. We do. We do. Um, then uh, in the uh, um, ATV Fast Forward segments since last time we recorded, in this most recent uh, episode, 2.34, uh, we saw some quick egress animation. So that's the getting in and out of the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for sure, it's it's a little thing. You know, but um, just if you just look at it and just think, huh, 
they could have done that differently. I mean, it could it could look like Minecraft, where you go stand near the ladder and all of a sudden you just float up, you know, um, which you know for that game is fine and, and completely perfect and shouldn't be changed ever. Um, but I prefer to think of the level of detail, um, the uh, the attention, uh, the high attention to detail. Um, that they've committed to over there at CIG as being, um, you know, uh, indicative of the level of immersion we're going to have in-game. Because this is not something you're going to see yourself do. Um, this is something that, you know, we're going to be getting into a ship and, I, and I'm going to see you do it. It's like, you know, Jimmy, get in the ship. Jimmy, Jimmy, we'll get a cup of coffee later. J- Jimmy, get in the ship. Get you know, in the chopper. <laughs> get in the chopper. Get your ass to Mars. Um, and you will, um, you know, see you running across the, you know, the flight deck, you know, with your cup of coffee and and, um, and jump up the ladder. Anyway, so anyway, just kind of cool. Well, that, um, that that extra, you know, point five second or, or second, uh, you know, when someone is shooting at you um, is going to be very helpful as opposed to the um, slower, more paced uh, animation that uh, that's uh, currently the only thing that's available. Um, right. It's it's going to be really cool to you know to see things like this uh, to see you know uh, various choices for egress animations. Um, you know they're already doing you know different uh, you know all the different emotes that they've got um, are are so colorful and to see those things start to get fleshed out and start to get developed um, again you know immersion and yeah it, you know it's it's a little thing but you know the the animations to get in and out of the ships right now is are, are very cool. Um, and they really kind of fit into that immersion because, you know, you do need to take that time to get in and out of the ship. It's not instant. But, again, when someone's shooting at your face, that mm-hmm. extra 0.5 seconds or that extra one second is gonna, can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Well, they have like a quick animation and a slow, and a, you know, a regular paced animation. Right. I think it would be really cool if you choose to run and jump in the ship that there's like a 5% chance that you like overshoot the cockpit and go flying off the other side. Whoa! No, no, no. What they need to do is they need to, to uh, let you do like a Starsky and Hutch and slide on the nose into the cockpit. <laughs> like Magnum <laughs> PI. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, in episode 2.33, we got to see the Hangar Ready Reliance. So for those of us uh, in uh, 2.4 uh, who don't own a Reliant, we can't see it. Um, I don't know if in when it goes live, if they're because they are going to be putting it back on sale again, or at least the base model. I don't know if uh, they're going to allow everyone to have one in their hangar to, uh, for a little bit to check it out. Uh, but um, it's just—it's a beautiful ship. God, yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. It is really beautiful. Those, those, those big, you know, sort of spherical cockpit, you know, things on the front, you know. Um, and then in episode two point three two, we got to see the second part of the piping system demonstration, and you know, kind of like uh, what we were discussing with bad new bad news barons five v five in the Starfare. Uh, this demonstration really it looks more like a game, like a real game, and not just um, the game environment. You know, it's like right. I, you know, for me, it's it's kind of like been um, you know, it's been very sandboxy. You know, like there's here's the environment, and here are a couple of different ways that you can interact with the environment. Uh, but uh, the the pipe system, the piping system, is uh, putting in place a functionality that makes it look more like a game. You know, so which I think is very cool. Well, and and gives and gives it a more um, tactile. Uh, feel, you know, in, in, in a virtual sense. Uh, one of the things that um, I, I find very frustrating about the game in its current iteration, and I know this is a silly thing, but I can't sit down anywhere. 
you know, yeah. and, and yeah. part of being part of feeling like you're part of a universe is the ability to interact with it. Um, you know, Star Wars Galaxies was was very spot on with that. You could sit anywhere and you could interact with a fair number of things, not mm-hmm. everything, but a fair number of things. And um, and, you know, CIG's end goal is, of course, to allow for these these things to um, to be doable, to be able to sit down, to be able to interact with, with a console, to be able to blow up a console, to be able to power things off and power things on. Um, mm-hmm. And that's I'm very excited for that. Um, I really, really, at the bottom line is I'm really looking forward to sitting on things. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and also in episode 2.32, um, I don't know if you got a chance to see the um, MERC Corp. Uh, they're an organization in game. Uh, they had an org gathering, um, and you know it just kind of you know it is what it is. But it was just it was cool to see a community. There was like quite a few people there, and but it was you know and they had like a barbecue or a cookout or something, and it, just, it was very cool to see um, folks who had come together in this organization in um, in uh, virtual space, you know, around Star Citizen for a game that's not even, you know, oh, yeah. out of alpha yet, uh, getting together and uh, you know, in real life. So, uh, gaming was- gaming commu- communities in in its uh, purest and most positive sense are incredible. I, I have friends I've had for years that I've met gaming. I you, you know, it's no secret I've I've I met my wife, you know, 11, you know, plus 12 plus years ago playing Star Wars Galaxies gaming. Um, mm-hmm. The people that I've met, the friends I've made in gaming communities are, are people that, you know, I, I cherish, you know, mm-hmm. you and, uh, and John and Mark Aww. and Ace, um, you know, all of, all of my friends from World of Warcraft, all of my friends from Star Wars Galaxies. Um, you know, so, yeah, I watched it. It was great to see it. It's, it's, really, it's really cool to see communities, regardless of the game, it's really cool to see communities get together in a positive way and... and um, and interact with each other in real life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because that's the that's kind of the thing that is me, uh, missing from from this type of gaming. Because I, mean, I, I belong to a couple of groups that do, you know, tabletop RPG stuff. We meet, you know, once a month and, and get together. But right. and there's something very cool about sitting at the same table, you know, playing a game together. Um, you know, this, you know, the, you can you can see the inflection of what people are saying. You see it in their face, and you know, um, and their snacks. You know, which is nice, um, but um, uh, I so it's I, that's, I think that's a part of the gaming experience that um, that can go missing uh, from online gaming, and I think, but I think you know that uh, the basis for that that um, that kind of camaraderie we have that uh, we have that good. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I, would, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Whatever that means. Whatever that is. All right. Well, uh, let's let's blow through a few other things here. We've got ten for the developers. We've had three episodes of that. Uh, in episode twelve, most recently, we had Ben Lesnick and lead writer Dave Haddock. Uh, he's um, I guess he's in charge of the lore, and I don't know if he's in charge. Of, is he in charge of the script for stuff too? I don't I don't know. I don't know but, if he's uh, necessarily like. Uh, I, I think he's just um, the the principal uh, lore writer. Okay. I think he's kind uh, of steering the ship, so to speak, lore-wise. Well, there you go. Um, and someone asked, will we get slow, underpowered, obsolete, no one wants to fly them ships in Star Citizen? And the answer is yes! <laughs> I think this is very, very cool. Because it makes, you know, you don't want all the ships to be, you know, Teslas. You don't want all the ships to be, you know... Um, you know uh, Shelby Mach fives. You know you want <laughs> right. you want some Yugos in there. You, you know? want you want a couple of Gremlins. 
You do. Oh, God, AMC Gremlin. Yeah, yeah. This. Uh, Mrs. Gleep, actually, that was the family car when she was growing up. Oh, wow. She said one of the, uh, the, one of the, the fondest memories she has of the rockin' gremlin, as they used to call it, is that the uh, passenger side door was fastened with a length of rope. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's fancy. Um, another question. Why does the Endeavor have such crappy armaments? It's the length of an Idris for crying out loud. And what they said is, it's a science vessel for crying out loud. It's a ship of peace and love and understanding. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Oh. Uh-huh. Yep. I got, Too old? I, no, I got it. I got it. Too, all right. Um, seriously, stuff like final loadout capabilities can't be nailed down until the ship can be tested under simulated real circumstances. The design on paper is only the first of several passes. So I think it, it's like this for any game that, that gets designed. Yeah, of Video, course. tabletop RPG, card game, etc. The rules get thought up, then they get tested, then they get adjusted when things don't work out as expected. So. And, and at present, um, multi-crew turret combat is a spectacular disaster. It's just It just doesn't work. Um, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's in development like anything else. But when you get into a turret in a multi-crew ship, trying to hit a target is a nightmare. And so... They, it's better in the Constellation now. Is it? Yeah, they fixed... They fixed or it's it's not great, but it's more better. It's more better? Well, that's good, because it's still a disaster in, in the uh, Freelancer. Freelancer, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also in the uh, Starfarer. You know, yeah, um, but yeah. but the thing is, you know, it's they got to get that sorted out and figured out too. You know, and I would imagine that yeah, it's going to be a balancing thing. Um, I, I can't imagine that the endeavor can't do much more than you know hold hold off an assault long enough to try and escape. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll balance it out. It's not going to be a ship that that you know a handful of pirates is going to be able to easily take down. It's still, you know, it's still like, um, you know, like whale hunting in the turn of the century. It's still going to be a challenge. You know, a whale might not have a whole lot of, um, you know, defensive uh, weapons, if you will. Yeah, defensive hard points. A whale might not, yeah, (laughs) perfect. A whale might not have a whole bunch of defensive hard points, but it is armored to the gills. Wait, what? It's a mammal. (laughs) I know. Um, it's, It's armored to the blowhole. All right, let's not do that anymore. Moving on. Episode 11 featuring Mark Abent and Randy Vasquez. Now, now, Jimmy, you know, I had a dream the other night about Mark Abent. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right, we'll just scrap that one. It was a good one, too. It was an Uber joke. Um, Our friend Amontillado asked, do you get assigned to fix your own bugs? Does CIG have a system in place to fix design bugs? How do fixing code bugs and design errors compare? Now, the answer to this question wasn't nearly as interesting as that it was a guy with ships who asked it. So <laughs> I love, I love that we're not even gonna like have a response for that one. I, you know, they they said words, and I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah. When, when's my turret gonna be fixed? When am I gonna be able to move cargo with my Star The you know, the so. verse cast. Well, you will not get technical information on Star Citizen. <laughs> Not if we can help it. <laughs> All right. And then also in episode 11, uh, someone asked, is it true that CryEngine thinks a spaceship's natural environment is underwater? And they said, yes. Well, no. Uh, used to, sort of. Um, actually, they had a, um, Mark had a, a fun story about John Pritchett. He was there, and everyone was working to get Arena Commander 1.0 out. So this was a, a while back. 
and the ship started acting really weird. So John spent two or three days trying to figure out what was going on. Finally, he walked up to the other engineers and said, our ships are underwater, um, and to which everyone said, say what? And it turns out that by default, CryEngine has water under every level, so anything that goes below zero on the Z-axis is considered to be underwater, oh, wow. even in space. Yeah. So once they figured that out, you know, it was a simple fix. But you know, I, I, the, the the thing that was you know kind of I thought was most interesting about that was like, well, why did they ever have that in the first place? You know, why why not just have it be like Minecraft where you hit uh, you hit. Um, uh, what is the bedrock? I think oh, it's called bedrock. Yeah, um, that you you just can't you can't uh, go any further. Um, if you do, I mean, it goes it goes through to um, to infinity, in, in, infinity, <laughs> infinity, and death. So. Well, doesn't that doesn't that ruin your six points of freedom though? If you've got if you hit bedrock in space, um, I think that's the challenge. There is that you know they probably. Um, the the cry engine like like it's like they were saying once you go below zero um, on the z axis cry engine automatically assumes that you're underwater um, you know and then another thing too that would that I I had thought initially when I saw the question before I heard the answer was that uh, that that was a quick and easy solution for allowing for um, internal gravity you know you treat space like it's water uh, and then you know the ship like it's uh, you know submarine. I not I, I, not the case. Just what I thought. <laughs> I don't know, Jimmy. Well, think about it though. Dark matter is kind of the soupy sea of the universe, isn't it? I don't know, Jimmy. You're saying hard things. Oh, words, words, words. All right. And in episode ten, I would have been three weeks ago, featuring Eric Chiron Davis and Gage Hallman, associate rigger and character artist. Someone asked, will loose-fitting clothing like capes and full-length trench coats react to the environment? And they said, yeah, sure, someday, maybe, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a tough thing to do. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to build in animations for, the, for you know, things moving as, as you're moving. Uh, you know, so I would imagine that, you know, maybe a trench coat or a cape will, will move with your movement. But... That's a tough thing to pull off to like, you know, what, like what's the next question going to be, you know, is, is a strong gust of wind going to blow my hat off? Well, you see, that, that, but that was my point is like, dude, you're asking that question now? Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm going to say it's not high on the priority list. Yeah, I was like, well, I, I need for the folds in my cape to, to you know, accentuate my mood. <laughs> when, when I sit down, will my pants crinkle? Yeah, it's, I think I think we already had an emo cloak reference earlier, didn't we? We did, yes. All right, well, let's not go back there. All right, and then we had reverse the verses. Uh, we had four of them, actually, with the May subscriber edition. So going through these very, very quickly. In the most recent one, 2.4 still has blockers preventing it from going live. Um, I know that they were working hard on the networking stuff, that nasty Code 7 uh, error thing. Code 7, Code 0, and Code 1. I hate you. In Code 3 in the most recent patch. Oh, that's um, right. Ooh, yeah. Code 3. <clears throat> but, I, you know, I think it makes sense that we're getting these types of errors now on account of persistence because, you know, it used to be that all the stuff was stored client-side. Now right. they're storing stuff there. So that stuff's got to get from our client back to there. So um, And that takes networking. In the, so uh, it's, uh, I, I, think, was, I think uh, it makes... 
as you say, I was so sad. Um, we'll talk more about this in the next show. But um, the uh, the one, the only, the legendary Turd Ferguson and I mm-hmm. uh, stayed up until close to four o'clock in the morning. Um, oh my goodness! Running and gunning so that we could get all of our uh, clothing and all of our weapons. Uh, I got my light armor and all three weapons, and uh, Turd got the medium. Uh, outlaw armor and all of his weapons, but we were up until almost four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you know, it was just one of those things where it was like, "You want to go again?" And it's like, "Well, I'm close." Okay, yeah, let's go again. And then I got my uh, basically everything I had, and I'm like, "Well, where are you at?" And he's like, "I'm close." I'm like, well, "Let's keep going." <laughs> Fun stuff. But uh, but with the most recent patch, they wiped the server again, and I logged in, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I know that's the sadness part. It is the sadness." All right. Also, in episode 97, they said uh, it sounds like the Caterpillar, once the Caterpillar gets done, cargo missions might not be too far behind. Oh, so, so um, exciting. Oh, selfish me hopes we get those before the mining. Oh, um, very, very selfish me hope so, too. Yeah. Um, in uh, episode 96, they talked about Mark Skelton leaving. So, oh, no. Um, but because uh, he's been there since the beginning. Yeah. Um, or very, very near the beginning. But he didn't leave because the game will never be finished. No. He didn't leave because the locker from another universe has his gold lame shirt in it and they won't give it back to him. No. He left because his job needed him to be in L.A. more and more and his family lives in Austin. So, you know, family comes before stuff so um we totally understandable so long mark and thanks for all the noodles yeah absolutely so long mark and uh thank you for all the contributions i think it's kind of lame um that that cig has to uh give a reason why people are leaving or or why Mm -hmm. they leave now um i think that's really lame and i feel bad for them and i feel bad for the people that work there um turnover in any business is expected you know in any company right. uh, it's just a natural part of um you know of, of any business you know and people leave for different reasons some good some bad um and I, I just i just think it's a shame that that they that they have to give reasons now because otherwise people you know the rumor mills start it's almost like having um it's almost like having the entire internet be part of your workforce because you know like when someone leaves your job you know people come yeah. over and hey did you hear so-and-so left oh yeah i heard so-and-so left what yeah. happened blah, blah blah and we have the entire or cig has the entire internet asking those questions and that's got to be yeah. tough yeah if someone leaves it creates a vacuum a vacuum and the internet will fill a vacuum oh yeah absolutely yeah With all right and, and and fishing wire and gerbils yes and other foul things um, someone asked the this space for rent space in the opening video to reverse the verse is that available to rent and they said yes <laughs> nice. so I you know I was wondering I've got a lot of REC do you think maybe uh, those guys with ships could uh, rent that for some REC sure I don't see why not probably because it is it no. is virtual currency and that it would be a virtual billboard seems logical mm, yes um, in the subscriber edition this uh, month, or in May, actually, uh, it was uh, Matt Sherman, Calix Renault, and Matt Intieri, Intrieri, uh, talking about all the nitty-gritties, and uh, Calix is the one with the hat. That's as much as I understood. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's techie talk yep. type stuff, so um, you know, check it out if that's what floats your ship. And then in episode 95, uh, Alexis and Sandy are working on new merchandise, including a polo shirt, a Big Benny shirt, Big Benny's patch and a Squadron 42 hoodie. Now, Jimmy, you're a man that knows a thing or 20 about the clothes. Which of these fine items will you be availing yourself of? You will mm-hmm. never, ever, ever 
see me in a polo shirt of any variety. I, I Not, have with the, with the collar flipped up. I, I have sworn <laughs> my life's mission is to never wear a polo shirt. Oh, I, wow. I, I cannot explain to you the the reasons for this disdain. Um, they are completely irrational. But uh, yes, you will never see me. If you ever see me in a polo shirt. I, I will say, you know, call the cops, you know, make sure that, that uh, I have not been abducted against my will. Uh, I will never wear a polo shirt. So to answer your question, I will not be wearing a polo shirt uh, or purchasing a <laughs> polo shirt. Uh, I am I am curious to see the Big Benny's T-shirt. I think that's really cool. Uh, and then I'm also interested in the Squadron uh, 42 hoodie. Oh, okay. All right. Well, excellent. I would like a Big Benny's hat, maybe. Although I'm, I'm afraid it would be one of those things where I would I would buy it because I think it, it looks funny on somebody else, and then I would look at myself in the mirror with one on, and Mrs. Gleep would say, "You're not wearing that." <laughs> but but it's a but it's a, it's a family wedding. It's a perfect place for me to wear this hat. Yeah, yeah, and it would end up in the closet with all those other bad ideas. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, coming up soon, we hope. I'm hoping for 2.5 to the PTU. A lot of folks are saying, uh, not a lot, but you know, some folks are saying that uh, once 2.4 comes out, you know, because it's a it's a good point too. All this, you know, right now they've got a few major blockers that are keeping 2.4 from going to live. It's the networking stuff, I think, primarily. Sure. So while they're working on that, there's all the other stuff that that folks have been working on and are continuing to work on for the next iteration. Whoops, I almost made it. Um, and um, so that work is getting done. So once the network thing is cleaned up, then the next next version is going to be that much closer uh, to uh, being able to uh, be uh, put to the PTU or out to the, the Avocati uh, for, uh, for testing. So anyway. My um, my hope is for 2.5 to the PTU sometime, please, 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 soon, please, because I need the cargos. I need the cargos for my starfarer. Well, we are um, we are spiraling very quickly to the end of the year. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, we're we're at the halfway mark. So yeah, they they've got to. Um I, you know, the networking. I, obviously, the networking issues continue to be a problem. Um, I think that they're they're obviously getting resolved piece by piece by piece. Um, but yeah, they, you know, we've got. I, you know, I still think that we're going to see uh, Squadron Forty Two uh, either as a Christmas or first early first quarter release, uh, and then from there, I, I think that I do really do think that we've got at least another uh, year and a half from today. Uh, of of development work uh, before we really get um, Star Citizen proper. Mm. Well, um, I yeah, I, I agree because I, I think that uh, we'll get uh, Squadron Forty Two the end of this year and P uh, and the PU uh, at the end of next year. Yeah, because we've. I mean, they, if you if you watch that video um, on uh, the pipe system, you can see that you know there's a fair bit of work that that still needs to get done on the grabby hand system. You can see where they're going with it. And it's going to be stunning when it's done. But there's still a fair bit of work uh, that they've got ahead of themselves just on that alone. So, um, yep. you know, I would say that, you know, for anybody that's hoping to see the game this year, you, you know, Star Citizen proper, I, I don't see that happening. Um, I do, though, like I said, see Squadron 42 uh, either, you know, Christmas, hopefully Christmas, because um, I'd like to ask for that for Christmas. Uh, or, uh, or, like I said, first quarter next year. All right. Well, take that to the bank and smoke it. Well worth the <laughs> wait, though. Well worth the wait. 
please go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins, for letting us use your music. Do check him out at RonaldJenkins.com. Isn't he due Be- for an album? God, I hope so or soon. Or a new song or two? I think there's a there's a new song, but I, there is a new song that he put to the YouTubes, um, but, but it, it's not available for download yet. So I'm, I'm uh, but it's been a few weeks since I checked. But gotcha. Uh, I like the new song; it sounded good. Cool. I got uh, send me a link. I want to check it out. All right. Be sure to check out Star Citizen the Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday after. Are they still doing that? I haven't checked. <laughs> yes, they are still I don't, doing that. I, li- I, I listen. I, I listen to the shows on my iPod. I don't I, it's a good. It's a good thing that your your base content manager, i.e., me, actually listens every Sunday to make sure that all of our shows are playing properly. Is it Sunday or Saturday? Saturday. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> details no I do I do actually um, listen uh, I usually what I'll do is no matter what I'm doing um, I'll, I'll look at the time and be like oh it's 1.15 and I'll, I'll click on it and make sure that uh, Quantum Drive's playing and then I'll usually go back in at some point after that and make sure that um, the newest version of, uh, of uh, First Cast or TGWS is playing does Ace sound any different coming from Canada he sounds a lot nicer than we do <laughs> I don't think. Well, then, yeah. Well, that that happens here too. I mean, I don't know what that's about, but you know, <laughs> a boot. <laughs> this and show every, and every Canadian right now is rolling their eyes, going, "Shut up, Jimmy." Yeah, well, <laughs> this show is now available on the Google Play Music. You can get it on the Google Play Music app for Android, iPhone, and on the interwebs for your computer. Your progress for each episode gets synced across all platforms. Do this thing now. You can reach the podcast by email, comms at versecast.org. On the Twitters, we are at Versecast. Please be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustry.com slash org slash Versecast. Please upvote us there on the RSI Community Hub and in the pod... On the RSI Community Hub. Oh, wow. So close. So close. In the podcast and deep space radar sections. Links are in the show notes. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is firstcast.org. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? My name is Jimmy. Uh, you can find me most uh, chatty over at Twitter at Jimmy Croker. And Quantum Drive is coming back. Yay! This Thursday night uh, will be a brand new. Season 2, Episode 1, Quantum Drive. Um, I'm really excited. There's going to be a a really, really cool twist to the first show back. Uh, The title is Broadcasting on All Frequencies. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. Uh, I'm excited to uh, have a host of new stories um, and uh, have a host of new adventures. So, yeah, Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, will be uh, the triumphant return of Quantum Drive over at the base. Um, Dietrich is so excited he's been doing the pee-pee dance. (laughs) That's awesome. 
Thank you, Dietrich. Um, I'll <laughs> also be on. Um, I'll be on all of the uh, chat channels as well on Thursday night, uh, hosting the show. So, um, if you're a member of Versecast, go over to the official RSI uh, R RSI org page. Click on the chat channel. I'll be in there. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, the base uh, or the base's Twitch channel, um, I'll be on that uh, chat service as well. So, yeah, I'll be hosting the party for sure. Back in full force. All right. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Until next time, then, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. Sometimes dead is better. I don't want to bury in a pet cemetery. Who did that song? Those are Ramones, man. Come on. Well, that's right. I don't want to live my life this way. Remember Rock and Roll High School? Uh-huh. Of course. Come on. Rock, 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 rock and roll high school. Please.